What's up? I'm Angie, and you are listening to Podcast That Pays, the podcast for online business owners who want to grow their business and sell their offers using podcasting. If you like no fluff, tell it like it is advice from a marketing-loving podcast agency owner, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Let's dive in. Today, you guys, I have a very special guest for you. I'm super excited to talk all things podcast, guesting. I know that a lot of you are wanting to grow your current podcast and grow your audience and get more visibility. And this is always a really great way to do that. So I have Miss Natalie Kusa. I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. It's flawless. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I get it right. Every time I have a guest on it, it's like I never ask in advance. And then when I do it, I'm just like winging it, but I get it right. So, so happy to have you, Natalie, and talk all things podcast guesting and what you're doing in your business because I absolutely love it. So can you just start off by just telling us a little bit about you and your business and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm Natalie. Hi. The through line of my business is messaging. I'm your messaging BFF. I just love all things messaging. So I have two main offers. One is the Speakeasy, which is all about growing your business by speaking on podcasts. And of course, the key to speaking on podcasts in ways that actually work is having really stellar messaging. And then I have Luminous, which is my mastermind. And it's all about offer messaging, sales messaging. But that's the link between the two. I love that. And I think the thing that really attracts me to your work and that really resonates with me is it's not just about being a podcast guest. And I remember when we first connected and you're just like, it's not just about pitching. I don't teach pitching. I'm not just teaching pitching. And I know now why you were like really adamant about that. It's because that's literally all that's mostly out there. It's like, it's $2,000 a month. Here, let me pitch you to all these podcasts. But there's not a lot of work done around your messaging and refining that and and how it's really going to tie back to building your authority and your credibility. So can you tell me a little bit about why your philosophy, about why messaging is the key and so important when you are being a podcast guest? Yeah, sure. So to be clear, I do teach pitching, but I don't teach only pitching. And it's because anyone can get booked on podcasts, Angie. Like, you know this as well as I do. Anyone can get a list of 100 podcasts, and do the little featured thing on their website and all that good stuff. But it really depends why you want to speak on podcasts. If you want to speak on podcasts because you want to grow your business, if you want to grow your podcast, if you want to call in really aligned clients, your messaging needs to be on point because your messaging is what differentiates you between all the other millions of people that are offering exactly the same thing as you. So if you're truly playing a numbers game, sure, go ahead and just pitch yourself and get booked on tons and tons of podcasts. I think the only reason I would recommend that is if you're an author and you're building, you need a really big platform to get a publishing deal or just to get your book into as many hands as possible, then I think that can be a really good strategy for you. But if you are selling one-to-one work, high-end done-for-you packages, most of my clients are working really closely with their clients, you only need a handful of clients a year and you want those clients to be super aligned with what it is that you offer. And that's where you're messaging. That's how you communicate with that level of client 
that wants to know that you really get them and you get the nuance they're working with and you understand their industry and you can get them the kind of results they want and all that good stuff. That's all tied up in your messaging. Yeah. And I love that you said, what is the reason why you're wanting to be on other podcasts and what are your goals? And it just, I think it's so important. And I talk about this. I think I just wrote a post about this today. I've been like a content creating machine lately for some reason. I've just, I woke up, I rolled over and I'm like, into my notes. Oh, I'm so jealous. I, it, it, it has unlocked. Something has unlocked because I feel like I have been silent for months and I, now I'm just like, I got it. And it's because I'm having a shift in, in my messaging going on. But so I think one of the things for me when you are starting to, when you're coming into the podcast space in general, this is something that I talk about with starting your own podcast. It's what are your goals? Like, what is it that you're truly trying to accomplish because there are a lot of different ways to go about it. Like you said, if you are like purely in this for the numbers and you just want to be on as many podcasts as you possibly can, there was a guy in a one of these podcast groups the other day that was like, I've been on 747 podcasts. Here's what I've learned. And I was like, holy shit, like 747 podcasts like it was some it might not have been that number exactly but it was some crazy number like that and I was just like whoa and I think that was the strategy behind it for him right and so I think that there's a lot to be said for being really intentional and knowing what it is that you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to like what's the end what's the end game or what's the 6 month game or what's the what's the year long game where do you want to be what is it that you're really trying to accomplish and understanding that there are different strategies out there there are different things for you and things that you need to do like when you if you want to launch a podcast and you're just wanting to rank in the top 10 when you launch your podcast there it is an absolute different strategy that I'm going to give you than if you're just telling me I really just want to launch my podcast so that the people who are in my world can experience me in a different way. And I don't want it to be a big fanfare. I'm going to give you two different strategies, <laughs> 100%. So tell me, since the people who are listening, majority of the people who listen to this podcast are podcasters who have existing podcasts or people who want to start their podcast. And a big thing for them is podcast growth. So what have you seen in what you do, how can that tie back to being able to grow your podcast from being on other podcasts? Yeah, sure. So I think even before you start your podcast, if you've got aspiring podcasters in the audience, guesting on other people's podcasts can be such an amazing stepping stone into starting your own podcast because you get all the good bits of being on a podcast without any of the like responsibility behind the scenes of the editing and the promotion and all of that kind of stuff. So I think I see a lot of people within the Speakeasy, my podcast guesting program, they come in and they tell me, I've got an ambition to start my podcast, but let me start with my messaging, with speaking on somebody else's podcast. Let me grow my confidence. Let me just get the hang of speaking into a mic, making it feel normal. And then let me go and start my podcast. So I think that's one way. And then another way is, it's growing your network in two main ways, right? Like it's growing your network with other um, hosts so they can become your future guests. You can do podcast guesting swaps. 
you are it's basically doing what people do when they have loads of coffee chats it's doing that but turning it into marketing so you're building your network with other hosts and at the same time you're getting in front of all of these listeners that are already listening to an established show and then you mention oh and on my podcast we do da 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 they're already podcast listeners right so you're not trying to pull them off Instagram where they're like, no, no, I just want to scroll while I'm watching Netflix. Like that's, that's all I'm doing right now. They're actively choosing to find podcasts that they're really interested in. So when you mention yours, they're going to be like, oh, amazing. Let me add that podcast to my list. So next time I'm out for a run, I can listen to you. Or next time I'm folding the laundry or whenever it is. Because podcasts, people that listen to podcasts, and I know this is true because I've heard you say it. Angie, and I'm also a massive podcast listener, we have moments in our days and in our routines where we think to ourselves, what podcast do I want to listen to today? And then we go looking for that material. So then we're really listening. It's just a whole different level of connection to social media or, you know, some of the more traditional marketing strategies for podcasts. Hey, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I really need to up my podcasting game or you want to start utilizing your show more for your business to get more leads and sell more offers, then I want you to come over to podcastthatpays.com and check out Podcast Collab Lab. That's podcastthatpays.com and check out what we're doing over there. I would love you to join us. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, and the biggest thing that I want to note out of that is we are meeting people where they already like we're meeting people already on the podcast app. You should share your podcast on social media. That's great. But if we can meet them, we know that they are already podcast listeners. They are already on the app. They like most podcast listeners are always looking for the next thing to listen to, to be honest. Like we're always like, Okay, what's next? And to be honest, from the perspective of someone who listens to podcasts, it's hard to find new podcasts to listen to sometimes. <laughs> and and the best way to find them is by recommendations from people that we already know, like, and trust. So if somebody is already listening to the show and then they bring on, they're like, this is my my guest. This is someone who's cool. Hey, this person. And you find out they have a podcast too. You're more likely to come and follow you as well. And that's a, a really good and good growth strategy. And like you said, it's also building that network in podcasting. Your community and your network is everything. It's like it means so much. It's such a powerful thing. Your community, building a community around your existing podcast and building that network with other podcasters is so beneficial to your podcast growth and so beneficial to even just like knowledge like we share knowledge we share opportunities we share guests we share things that are all going to help us grow together so I really I really like that you brought that up like let's meet them where they're at and I think that's really important for people to understand how they can use podcast guesting to grow their audience so what would you say, there are a lot of people in my audience who want to be guests on podcasts. And I'm telling you, I have such a love-hate relationship with podcast guesting from the perspective of, well, actually, it goes both ways. But from the perspective of someone who teaches podcasting and how to 
grow your influence and your credibility and sell your offers from your podcast and then just having on anybody on, on your podcast as guests that doesn't make any sense for your podcast. It drives me. It drives me insane. It drives me insane. Like this podcast interview right now is so purposeful. It's valuable. You don't do exactly the same thing that I do, but it's such an adjacent thing to what I do. My guests are going to get a ton of value. You're going to get value from being on here. Like it just it it works very, very well. So it's worth doing this. It makes sense. But what I see a lot of people, even with guesting, it it drives me bonkers that they're just like saying yes and just wanting to be on everyone's podcast. Okay. And like, I'll see a thread and these threads drive me crazy in these groups. And they're like, I got a podcast about such and such. Who wants to be a guest? And then they're just, and I'm like, how is this how you're vetting your guests? Like, how is this? But anyway, I digress. But I also think there has to be a smart way for you to look at it when you are first starting out and you're like, okay, I want to be a podcast guest. And, And I am in this place, Natalie, just so you know. I'm in this place where I'm wanting to go on like podcast tour. I I really want to lean into spending majority of my time, my marketing, being on guests, be a podcast guest and actually podcasting on my podcast. Like if I could just shut everything out and just do that, that's literally what I want to do. So as someone who's just sort of starting out, and I've been on podcasts before, but never super intentionally. I'm always just asked to be on people's podcasts. And then I'm like, OK, this makes sense. I'll be on it. But never really super intentionally. Where do you start to find these podcasts that make sense for you? Where do you start? Or is it that you do start just being on being in your random Facebook group and saying, hey, I talk about this. Who's got a podcast? And just going out there and practicing? Is that like where you just start? Or is there more intentionality that you should do when you're starting out? So for some people, if you are the kind of person that feels like you want to do podcast guesting, but it feels really nervous or, you know, you just, you just like, oh, I don't know about this. Yes. I would say just accept any offers that come your way, respond to those random threads, get booked on a couple of podcasts, ideally ones that not huge, you know, huge numbers of people listen to. And just use them as a practice. But for someone like you, Angie, no. Like, you you don't need to be wasting your time doing that. No. So for somebody like you or somebody that is ready to get really intentional about, okay, which podcasts are really going to be worth my time and are going to fulfill all that criteria that Angie's just said, like bring value to the listeners, call in people that I actually want to be in my community or on my business, all that good stuff. I think the one thing to really be looking at beyond are the listeners going to be interested in your topic and likely to become clients? Like all of that hopefully kind of goes without saying. I think the one thing to look at is how much trust is there between the listeners and the host? Because when there's really high trust between listeners and the host, what happens is that transfer of trust. So the listeners really trust the host because the host has earned their trust, right? Like over the last few months or years or however long the episode the sorry the podcast has been running for listeners become loyal and they they learn to expect a certain level of value or funniness or entertainment or vulnerability or whatever it is whatever the reasons are they listen to that podcast and they know that the host is only going to bring on guests that match that level of quality So that's Mm. the kind of podcast. And to me, that's way more important than topic or 
ranking or like you mm-hmm. just said, you can game ranking. Like any, mm-hmm. anyone can have a, a good ranking podcast pretty much. You know, you mm-hmm. can do it off Facebook ads. It doesn't necessarily mean that the quality of the conversations are there. So you want to look at trust and they're the podcasts that you want to be pitching. I love that. And as you're saying that, I'm like, I think my people trust me. They do. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of your people, Angie. I trust you. We do. Like, we do. Trust me because, and I love that. I think that's a deeper conversation to even have with, with people who are podcasters and have their own show. It's like, how do you create that trust and that level of, and get these loyal people? Because then I, I think I read a statistic once and podcast stats are wild. So like, I, like you, you have to take them with a grain of salt always because they are, they are wild. They vary wildly. It's very hard to really nail down like really good statistics. But I read one once, like some of them when they're really good, I'm like, and I want to believe them. I just stick with them. I'm like, okay, yes, I just go with it. It was that 63% of listeners buy the suggestions of their podcast hosts. And it that is such a high percentage of people that will purchase from you they'll purchase your thing or they will purchase the thing from someone else that you're suggesting and it goes back to trust and it goes back to also the level of connectivity that you have on this platform it's something that just builds this intimate relationship with people and so i love that but i want to say this also ties into why you shouldn't just have any kind of guest onto your show and stop having just random people onto your show because that diminishes the value and the trust that people have in you mm-hmm. to deliver the content that they are most needing, right? So that's number one, stop having just random stuff on your show. But the other thing I want to know is how can we tell that someone has built this trust with their audience? So how can I tell that when I'm looking at this podcast, that they have this trust that's built. Yeah, so that's trickier, but there are a few kind of indicators that you can look at to show you. So a few of them are things like when you open up your podcast app and you're scrolling that podcast, what does even the quality of the episode titles look like? You know, are they just all over the place and all right, one week we want to talk about this thing, next week we're talking about something completely random. Like, not to be down on those podcasts at all. There is totally a market for them, but they're probably not the ones that you're wanting to pitch if what you're wanting to do is grow your business by speaking on those podcasts. If you just want to go and have an amazing conversation or if what you're sharing is more kind of personal experience and telling your story, sure, like those might be brilliant for you. But when you're wanting to grow your business or grow your own podcast by speaking on other people's podcasts, I'd be looking for a really clear like golden thread kind of through line of, of those episodes. So you can just like, Angie, your podcast is a brilliant example of this, right? It's called Podcast That Pays. That is so obvious what it is, hopefully, <laughs> that you're talking about. And then even if you don't listen to a single one of your episodes, if you just scroll through, every single episode is so clearly thought about. Here's something, you know, a question you're likely to have if you're starting a podcast. Here's to how to grow your podcast. Here's how to get paid from your podcast. That's what you're looking for when, when you're scrolling. And then I always suggest that people listen to at least one or two episodes. And if you don't want to listen to the entire episode, just listen at least to the beginning and the end of the episodes. And just get a sense of things like, what's the rapport like between the host and 
the guest. You know, they don't have to be best friends. They don't have to know each other really well. But you don't want it to sound really awkward because then it kind of suggests that maybe the host has got this really chaotic process behind the scenes. Maybe the guest has no idea what what's going on or what they're going to be asked. That's not what you want for your experience. So have a bit of a listen. And then another way that you can really see the likelihood of trust between the listeners and the host is have a bit of a research of the host. Like have a look at on social media. Does there seem to be a community around their business or are they just broadcasting? Um, do they have some kind of group or presence that you can check out? You know, we're kind of moving out of the days of big Facebook groups, but there are still people that like Angie, you've got a super engaged Facebook group around your business or school is a new kind of big platform that, that people are using for groups. That kind of research, and it doesn't need to take forever. Like you could do all this research that I've just said in what, like 15 minutes, just really to get a sense of who the host is and, and what kind of business they've got and how much their audience trusts them. But if it's like tick, 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 go for it. Yeah. This is like podcasting one-on-one people. <laughs> this is what people are looking for when they're coming to your podcast to determine whether they want to come on your show. And and I, I love that you said when we're looking through this person's podcast, just glancing and seeing what their episodes are, if it's like a consistent topic, is it organized? Is it together? And the thing that I wrote down from that is consistency builds trust. It does. It does. I'd love it to not be true, but it's true. It does. It's trust. So if you want to build trust with your audience and you want to attract people that want to be guests in your podcast, like consistency builds trust. Consistency in your messaging goes back to what you are talking about in messaging and will even spill into selling your offers and things like that. Consistency builds trust on and off podcasts. So I really love that point, that consistency builds trust. And the other thing is, y'all, please go and listen to these podcasts that you're trying to be guests on. I know that this happens so much because I see it happening where it's like no clue of what they're walking into, of what the podcast is. Like none of those things that you've said, like people are not doing any of this recon or any of this research. Like they are just hopping on these podcasts and I mean, I'm going to be honest, like when we were talking, I was like, I can't go on a podcast if I ain't got a podcast mic because I'm a podcast person. So my <laughs> brand, I can't go hop on with somebody who's out here that sounds like they're in the bathroom recording a podcast. Like I can't do that for my brand. Like I'm not going to do that. So I think that it just depends, again, back to your goals and, and those kind of things. But like what you what you're what you're wanting to accomplish. But you do need to listen. And something I think when you were saying that, too, is. How, how the host talks to their people. I think you can tell in there what kind of rapport they have. Like I talk to my people like I know them and they, I do, and they know me. <laughs> like we BFFs, like, but there are, you can tell if there's that disconnect. So I think that's really important and just something for you to look out for and you guys listen for you to be able to listen to, to determine that that trust factor. So that consistency, is, is there that rapport there? And the other piece was the community that they have. Like building that community around your podcast is important. And being able to see that someone else has that community is, I think, a great indicator. So I, I love that you said all that. And I just wanted to kind of recap that for people. 
how do you, as a business person, because you said something earlier about the difference between if you're trying to be on a podcast to grow your business versus you're on there to just tell your story and it's more personal. My question is, and I, I feel like this is something that you help people do and probably help do it within the speakeasy, which we'll talk about your program in a little bit. But if I am, because I think that story is so compelling and being able to tell your story, even as a business owner, if I'm wanting to be on podcasts and I'm wanting to show up and be this compelling guest for this person, shouldn't I be pulling together a like story that's kind of a combination of personal business? How do I begin to craft this? If I'm going to pitch to you and say, I'm coming on your podcast, but like, what's my angle? Don't you need to have sort of an angle? So I'm this podcaster. I part of mine could be I don't know. I like we could just use me for an example, Natalie. Like I started off. The reason why I do podcasting is because I started a podcast as a life coach. And that was the first thing I did in my business. That was the first marketing thing I did in my business, which is like so backwards from what everybody teaches. And I got my first client from my podcast. I started getting DMs like crazy of people who listened to my podcast and they were so impacted and they were like, oh, my God, I made this insert big life choice because I listened to you. You've changed my life in this way. And I was just getting chills because I felt so much pride in that. And so I was making an impact. And all I was doing was just showing up. I was talking in my car. My sound was, I was just showing up and speaking from my heart. And these people were being impacted. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is really impactful. This is really impactful platform. And I looked around at all the people in my audience and all the people around me on my social media. And I'm like, there's some brilliant people here. I, they need podcasts so that they can get their brilliance out into the world and they can make impact. Think how much more of an impact I can make if I'm helping these people make an impact. Like I, with the ripple effect that I will have, I can create even more impact. So that's my sort of origin story of how I switched from being a life coach to talking about, I didn't wake up and wanted to do podcast editing or it's bigger than that. So that's kind of my story. So how would I take that and start to position myself as this like, here's my story, but it ties into business. Give me your thoughts on that. And don't you need to kind of do that, right? Yeah, you do. All right. So what we're going to do, Angie, is we're going to talk about all the reasons your origin story is flawless. It's such a fucking good example. And let me pull out why, because I'm sure people listening are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that sounds so good. <laughs> let, let me tell you why it's so good. So, oh, a few different things that you've done there. All right. One of them is you, you led with your mission, right? So inside the speakeasy, I call it manifesto messaging. And it's that sense of like leading with your mission, bringing people behind you, inviting them in to join in with your manifesto. Your manifesto, Angie, was so clear that everyone else out there is saying, oh, no, don't start a podcast for the first thing. And you're out there changing lives from day one. Like that is that's such a powerful call to action in the true mission sense of call to mm -hmm. action. I don't mean why my thing call to action, but right. we all use. And it also shows such a strong point of view that you are you're saying something different to what the industry in general is saying. Normally, people say. 
wait till you're super experienced, wait until you've got a signature offer, da, 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 and then start your podcast. You're like, no, like this, this is how we can use this marketing channel. So that's one thing you did amazingly well was you led with mission. Another thing you did really well was you used what I call moments, which are these little like micro stories or micro examples within the bigger story to make it so specific to you. So I don't know if you think of like a different kind of origin story, you know, so often we hear this, oh, I was working in corporate and I got burnt out. So I started my business and now I do. Da, 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 da. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like it's a, it's a story so many of us have got and it is so valid, but it falls a little bit flat because we've heard so many versions of that same story before. Mm-hmm. Whereas imagine if instead of saying it like that, you said, oh my God. So there was this moment I walked into work. It was a Monday morning. I hadn't even had my morning coffee and Matt from accounts was like, Natalie, I need to talk to you. And in that moment, I was like, no, something needs to change. And that's when my business was born. They tell the same story, right? Yeah. But they are so different to listen to. And it's because of the specificity. And I call them moments. And Angie, Mm -hmm. you had moments where you talked about getting DMs from your women. And even Mm -hmm. the way you said, and they told me they were, Insert big life choice here. Yeah. <laughs> like it's funny, it's relatable. It's, yeah. You're just a brilliant storyteller. And they're two of the things uh, that you did to make that a really, not just an enjoyable story to listen to, but a story that builds your credibility, that shares something about your point of view, and that really invites trust from the mm-hmm. listener. They're the kind of origin stories that we want. Mm. I love that. And thank you for that. And I could add on to that. The moment when it's, it's super dramatic. There was a moment when you said that I was like, oh, when I was working in corporate, when I was working in New York City and I was I had this life that was, quote unquote, successful and I was making over six figures and everybody was so proud of me and I was just not into it. And one day I was riding the train to my job. And I quit my job on the platform, subway platform in New York City in Times Square. Okay. How about that for a moment? That's when I have a moment. Mic drop. That's when I have a moment. And then I called my sister-in-law and was like, hey, I just quit my job. I have no plan. Meet me at Grand Central Station and let's have drinks. <laughs> I, I need lots of drinks. It's that's it. That's how my next evolution of my life was, you know, born when I was like, this is just crap. I don't want to do this. But anyway, I love that. And I love that you mentioned being a good storyteller because that also builds trust. It gets people to get to know you and feel more connected to you. And I think that's really important when you're guesting and also when you are like having your own podcast. So someone asked me this question not too long ago in my DMs, I believe. And it was around, because being a good storyteller, for me, a lot of this stuff comes natural. I, I will just be honest, you guys. Like, I, it, it doesn't come natural for everybody. It really, really doesn't. And that was something that I had to learn in what I do is that podcasting and podcast skills don't come natural to to a lot of people like being able to like create an episode that is engaging and that has a point and that serves a purpose and that lands the plane like that's my new like thing land the damn plane people what is the damn point 
and, and interviewing people is a skill and you get you you hone it and you have to get better at it. So someone asked me about it um, and just back up real quick. I'm very open and can be very open and I just don't care about people's opinions in a way that will throw me off track from being able to say what I want to say. So I do care. There's a little care. I'm not going to say I don't care at all, but it doesn't not enough to hinder me from being my authentic who I am raw self. And there are people who really do struggle with that part, with the being really authentic and real and being able to share their story. And I had someone ask me, how do you share something really personal? How do you share this personal thing? How do you get over this hump when maybe it could bring harm to others who are maybe there's others who are part of your story that you don't necessarily want to talk about? And maybe that's something that I think it gets people stuck sometimes in their messaging and in their storytelling because they think that they're scared to talk about it or it's something maybe they have something really powerful to say, but it involves other people or they're worried about what other people would think. And you probably run into this, too, as you're helping people craft their story and their messaging. So what would you say to someone who's really struggling with this idea of how authentic, how much story, how do I create this compelling story, maybe without stepping on toes, or should I just not worry about it? Should I say, fuck it? What would you say to someone who's in this place of, I want to be authentic, I want to be a better storyteller, but I feel like I don't know how much to tell, what to include, like that sort of thing, or is kind of in that place of being a little bit scared or apprehensive? Yeah. So we coach on this all the time in the speaking. Yep. And the biggest thing that I would say is have a sense of what you want to share and what you don't want to share before you hit record. So if you're like Angie and you're like, fuck it, I'll just share what comes up in the moment and I'm not going to have a massive vulnerability hangover. I'm all good. Then do that. Don't over-prepare and kind of make it sound a bit more forced than it needs to. But if you're somebody like Angie's just been describing that either is worried about not sharing enough or sharing too much, your secret weapon is preparing before the interviews. Don't use the interview where you're recording and where, so where all of the brilliant things about podcast guesting, like it's evergreen and you only record once that people can find you forever. Don't use those things against yourself. Don't share something that is now on the internet. And you're like, ah, oh, I really wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, you, if that really happens, you can ask the host to edit it out. But the best thing to do is have a real sense of what details do you want to share? So in that example, which details are yours to share and which details are maybe other people's to share or not share? And then you can craft the story around what you do want to share. Mm. And there's so much that you can say in a story, leaving pretty big gaps, but doing it in a way that invites curiosity from the listener. And you don't have to fill those gaps for them. You don't feel like you have to say absolutely everything to make it a great story. A bit of suspense it can, can be yeah. a brilliant like, element to have in stories as well. And I, I like that. Here's your permission slip. You get to decide what you want to divulge and how open about something you want to be. Just because you see Angie over here, just balls to the wall, doesn't care, like saying everything she wants to say. Like, it doesn't have to be you. You don't have to have my same personality to be successful at 
crafting your story. You don't have to have to be all open and tell every single detail of your life. And people would be, you would be shocked at how private I am, even though I seem so public. Like people would be really shocked at that, at how what I share is things that are easy for me to share. But there are a lot of things that I keep for myself. And there are a lot of ways that I am still a very private person, even though I show up very authentic and raw. And there are a lot of things that I keep for myself. And you would be, you would be, people would be surprised because I seem just so extroverted and like, yeah, here, whatever, I'll talk about whatever. But I, there, I am actually a much more private person and, and I'm much, I, I can be a shy person too, which is like blows me. That's not bad. That is so hard to believe. It, I, I can be, I'm telling you. And that's actually, I used to be really shy. And in 10th grade, 10th grade, I decided, I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be shy anymore. Like, forget it. And I was at a football game and there was these guys who were sitting in front of me. And this was like my pivotal, I'm not shy anymore moment. And there was these guys sitting in front of me. And one of the guys kept like rubbing his head like he had a headache. I don't know why this had to be my unshy moment, but I offered the guy to rub his head for him. I thought it was day. And like, a random stranger now, granted, he was a very cute guy, okay? There was like, there was a little more motivation in there just than a random guy. He's a cute guy. And he was like, his head was hurting. And I was like, hey, your head hurt? You want me to rub it for you? And I don't know why that was my moment, but like, that was my moment. And then... <laughs> After that, it was it was over. I was like, I got to get over this hump. No more shy Angie. And so from then on, I've been like, I, I went really in the opposite direction. But there are still little moments I where I can be, I can be shy. And so it's just, it's interesting. But we've mentioned a couple times here about the speakeasy. And I really want to talk about your program. And not just because it's like about to open cart because obviously this will be evergreen <laughs> and this will be here. But I, I just really, what you teach and how you teach podcast guesting, is, it just feels like such a holistic thing and such something that you can take beyond just podcast guesting. Like these are lessons that you can bring to your own podcast. These are lessons that you can weave into your messaging in general and your business and everything. People are always shocked when they do calls with me. And it's like I'm digging into their messaging like when we're doing their podcast. Like it could be because you have to, right? Like that's a big part of it is storytelling and your messaging on your own podcast and being on others. And so I really love the way that you teach this. So I, I want to talk more about the speakeasy and what what it is and why you... I guess first I want to ask, what made you create this? Like, why did you create this this program? What need did you see? Yeah, so I think part of this is from my own life that before I started my business, I was director of partnerships for a nonprofit, and that was all about influencing. So I was using messaging and speaking. I was doing public speaking. I was doing private meetings with influential people trying to influence policy change and I just love those skills like they I can see so many times in my own life and other people's lives 
where having the ability to advocate for yourself and influence somebody and speak up for yourself and be articulate and encourage people to listen to you and take notice of what you're saying, they're just really fucking good life skills to have. Like in business, they're essential. But even I've, I've got personal stories that, that I could tell around where having those skills have changed my life. And I used to be a social worker. I've seen, I've seen those skills change women's life when they leave a violent partner or kids' life when, you know, when they can advocate for themselves around what they want in, in terms of their care, all that kind of stuff. So that was the kind of background that I brought to it. And then when I started my business, I was doing visibility coaching and I'm laughing because I didn't really know what I meant by that. So no one else did. So like, you can see how that went, right? <laughs> but what I meant was like partnerships development and messaging, that kind of stuff. And I just started to see this pattern with my clients where they were like, all I want to do is speak on podcasts. Can we do that? And I was like, yeah, of course we can do that. I know how to pitch. I know how to develop a persuasive message, all that kind of stuff. So I started by doing VIP days and then I got asked, can you make this into a group program? And so it used to be called the pod squad. It was a pop-up that I did as, as the pod squad. And then it's just grown and evolved. And now it's the speakeasy and now it's serving this community of amazing entrepreneurs that are growing their business and speaking on podcasts and sharing their point of view and shaping this wild west of online business that we all work in. And I just love it. I really, really love it. So that's why, that's why it's continued. And you can see the growth in when, when people dial in their messaging for podcast guesting, it doesn't just stop at podcast guesting. Like you'll yeah. see this with your, mm -hmm. their podcast as well. Like sure, their podcast is shit hard, but then it ripples through their whole business. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love seeing that, that ripple effect through how people show up and their confidence and, and of course, yeah. going on my podcast tour. Like that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. People are always shocked. Like I said, when they work with me, because it, this is something that ripples through your business, that ripples through your messaging. And I do talk also a lot about that mission-based marketing and how to get people hooked in into your mission because everybody loves a good mission to sink their teeth into that they can come along with you for the ride with and people love that so tell us more about why so now we know where the speakeasy came from but who is this for and and what are some of the things that you work on inside of the program yeah so it's for change maker entrepreneurs is, is the way that I say it. And by that, I mean entrepreneurs with a mission. Um, everyone inside the speakeasy, most people are coaches or service-based providers. We've got all sorts of people in there, copywriters, Facebook ads, strategists, designers, I don't know, all sorts of people in there. But what unites everybody is most of them don't want to be on social media or don't want to rely on social media. So then you need to find another way of finding people. They are people who, who want to talk about something that matters to them, who want to share nuance, who want to be in conversation. They don't like that kind of broadcasty feeling that you get from social media. So that's who's in there. And then, I mean, it's set up like a pretty traditional group program that you'd see on the online streets. It's, you know, as soon as you join, you get access to the online portal. And the curriculum inside the portal takes you through every single step from yeah, sure. I want to speak on podcasts. I have no idea what I'm doing to, 
having your messaging sorted, knowing exactly how to pitch, knowing how to find aligned podcasts, knowing what it is about you specifically that makes a brilliant guest. And then ultimately going on your podcast tour. So there's live coaching, there's a community space. It, um, it just gives you everything you need to grow your business I, your podcast, right? I <laughs> love it. And of course, it's something that I've never personally gone through it. I'm thinking about it. Just so you know, like, I need to come and get in this thing. I need to come and get into this easy just because, like I said, I'm going on a podcast tour. I, this, even just this chat, Natalie, I've got notes and just like note to all of you podcast uh, hosts out here who are doing interviews, write notes as you're interviewing and refer back to your notes. It's going to help you create a better episode so that you can say, oh, you just said X, Y, Z. Let's talk deeper on that. A lot of people don't do that. So just give me a note. I always have a ton of notes, but in this, it just, even just talking to you, I've been able to, <laughs> in my mind, figure out, I think I know what I'm going to pitch to people already. Oh, I love that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I think I know what my, I think I know what my hook is. I think I know what my signature talk is and how to begin to refine that, to pitch that to people. And I could see it working for lots of people's audiences that are far and wide beyond, beyond even business, because it's about how to bring your brilliance, your impact. And I, of course, I talk about it through using podcasting, but it's deeper than that, which is what yeah. I love that you do and what you what you teach. So if you guys are listening and you are thinking about, you know, working with Natalie and you want to dip your toes into podcast guesting before you do your podcast or as using it as a growth strategy, I think this is such a great offer and a great way to uh, to get yourself out there. And I just believe in I believe in your mission, believe in how you teach this. And it to me, it's better than. And yes, you I know you help with the pitches, but it's better than just hiring someone who's just pitching you, who's not helping you perfect and craft this and uh, really understand how to pull this out of you. And so I would just, I think that it's such a benefit for all areas of your business. Yeah. And I think there's yeah. so much value in developing your own messaging and not outsourcing it in the same way that I think you should only ever hire a copywriter once you've already done the work to have your message, yeah. to know what your voice is. Otherwise you're just giving over like the power to somebody else to kind of design how people experience your business. And I mm -hmm. think taking the time to be supported to develop your own messaging for starting your own podcast or guesting on podcasts is going to ripple through your business and you're going to end up with something that is more you and more powerful than mm -hmm. anyone else could create for you. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. So tell us, Natalie, we're so happy. I'm so appreciative that you decided to do this on a, on a whim with me because that's just how I operate. We finally got it going. But tell everyone, how can we find you? How can we find information on the Speakeasy? Obviously, I will put that into the show notes. But tell us how we can connect with you further. Yeah, sure. So my website is nataliekusa.com. Kusa is K-O-U-S-S-A. -S -S the Speakeasy is there, of course. But if you are joining, so if it's open when you listen to this episode, or if it's, if it's closed, you can just join the wait list. Use the link in the show notes because Angie is a referral partner for the Speakeasy. So I would love you to use 
Angie's link. But yeah, nataliecusa.com, all the show notes is how yeah. you can. And I did talk about that. I think I'm going to put a little, I, I might put like a bonus for joining. So you get something from me as well if you join my link. So check out the link in the show notes, you guys. And thank you so much, Natalie, for being here. I loved catching up with you and sharing your, <laughs> sharing your brilliance with the audience. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, Angie. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, head over to podcastthatpays.com to get started on your way to creating a podcast that pays. And don't forget to follow this show and take a screenshot that you were listening and tag me on Instagram at Angie M. Jordan. I'd love to meet you and show you some love over there. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. Let's get this money.